0: is david back again with another episode of the blood and fire radio podcast this is episode 110 and it is a themed episode haven't done one since episode 100 Um, i threw it out there on the facebook page uh, to get some ideas for a theme i ended up picking one uh and i'm pretty pretty excited about it it kind of a personal connection for me here so The theme for this episode is, it's a bit of an invasion here, of Polish bands. It's all Polish bands. Um, The Polish scene, death and black metal scene, is pretty diverse. Um, They've churned out some really, really classic bands, especially the death metal bands. Um, But there's a lot of good stuff in kind of different styles from there, dating all the way back to late 80s early 90s up to now so yeah i'm just gonna kind of go across the whole spectrum there of uh, stuff that's much more in the black metal vein and some uh, very classic death metal bands out of poland and uh, the reason it's a personal connection to me is that my father's side of the family is very heavily uh, of polish descent my last name is polish and um so yeah i i'm always been very interested in my own family history and such and my mother's side is is a much more you know of the UK and Ireland and Scotland and all that so um father's side is more Polish and I think his mother's side was uh was German as well but um but yes I do embrace the Polish side uh quite a bit so it was just a natural choice here so we're gonna start things off with a band that uh First formed in late 1990, and they are still going strong now. Lots of lineup changes over the years, but um, there's just kind of been the one constant member on vocals and guitar. Um, one of my favorites, probably my my absolute favorite of the Polish death metal bands. This is Hate. I've played Hate many times. I've gone on this same spiel many times about uh, how much I enjoy them. But uh, yeah, they just put out their newest album called RUGIA on uh, October of 2021. It's their 12th album overall, uh, and that came out through Metal Blade. I believe I played the title track uh, off of it whenever it first came out, because that was actually the first single off of the album that they released, was the title track. But um, since the full album has come out, I've listened to it many times. I just listened to it um, just this week, really, in leading up to this episode. But um, first album with the new drummer, a young guy named Daniel Rutkowski, who's uh, very good and this is uh, the first album with him and he really he really goes for it he does uh, some pretty ambitious things as far as uh stamina goes you know some really fast double bass work for a very long duration uh, in some of these songs but he's really good and uh, one thing I like about him is that he is not shy about releasing uh, drum cam videos he's always doing covers of other death metal bands and stuff and really really good and always fun to watch so Here we go. This is a favorite of mine just because of the riffing in it. I think the riffs are really good in this one and really memorable. Short and sweet, very intense way to kick things off. So, off of their 12th album, Rugia, this is Hate with the Wolf Queen. That was Hate with The Wolf Queen off of their newest album, Rugia. Very good album. Uh, as I said, the drumming is really the highlight of that for, for me personally, but the songs are great. Uh, they've, for the most part, been on a roll ever since... Jeez, I mean... Anaclásis from... God, what year was that? 2002 or 2003? Uh, everything they've put out since then has been really, really good. Um... And they kind of have maintained... It hasn't gotten stale. They haven't really changed their sound or their style. But for me, it hasn't gotten stale at all. Everything sounds very um, clearly identifiable as being hate. But still remains fresh. Maybe that's because of all the turnover in the band or something. I don't know. Uh, Alright, next up. This band has been around since 04. They existed from 04 to uh, 20. 13 initially and then there was a bit of a hiatus there and then they kind of resumed in 2014 uh, and they're still going now that band is blaze of perdition um, kind of blackened death they probably side a little more on the on the blackened side than anything else but they have some pretty uh, thick and clear production which is kind of more more suited to the death metal side I would say but it's very intense and very dark and very heavy um, they actually had an accident um, I think with a touring, you know, a van or something that they were riding in while on tour. They had an accident back in 2013 that I I believe killed one member and uh, seriously injured another. I think the one who was injured didn't uh, leave the band or anything. I think he stayed in it uh, after he recovered, but they did lose one member uh, in that accident. But there are two guys that have been around since the beginning, I think, since like 07, um and then the other two members are newer they've been been in it since 2018 but um really good i mean their stuff has gotten it's been hit and miss with me honestly over the course of their career they have five albums now and some are definitely better than others um but one that i have always liked is the debut um so i'm going to play something off of that one it's called towards the blaze of perdition came out in 2010 through putrid Prophet productions And as I said, they've got five records uh, at this point, but they're they're all they're all good. They're not bad, but there are some that just kind of I listen to, and I just kind of shrug my shoulders at it and say, yeah, that was you know it was pretty good, but never really wowed me enough to pull me back in for another listen. You know what I mean? But this debut is very solid, and I really like the production as well. Um, So let's get moving here. Off of the debut, towards the Blaze of Perdition. This is Blaze of Perdition with the Scarlet Woman. Alright, there we go. That was Blaze of Perdition with The Scarlet Woman. Uh, yeah, that debut is great. Uh, their newest one's really good as well. Uh, Alright, we're moving on here to a three-piece band that has been around since 2010. Uh, I admittedly had always heard the name, um, but never checked them out. Didn't really know what they sounded like. Uh, the band is called Voidhanger, and finally checked them out, and I would say that it's kind of uh, Poland's answer to Napalm Death, really. Um, it's kind of just thrashy, kind of grindy. Um, definitely vocally, it kind of has more of that grindcore style to it. Not, It's not, you know, he's not doing pig squeals or anything weird like that, but he's, you know, he's kind of got that kind of shouty tone to his voice. Not my favorite thing in the world. It's not a style that I go to often, but these guys do uh, do it well. Uh, They've released three albums up to this point, one in 2011, 2013, and then 2018, so I'm going to play something off of the most recent one from 2018 called Dark Days of the Soul. Uh, That came out through Agonia Records, and again, I'm not super familiar with this band. I mean, I I like what I've heard uh, off of this album. I haven't checked out the first two, but... um, In my search for some other Polish bands to kind of fill out the episode, uh, I decided I would add them in just for a change of pace. I don't need all straight up death metal and black metal and stuff like that. This was kind of a nice uh, change of pace right here. So, Off of their most recent record from 2018, Dark Days of the Soul, this is Void Hanger with Death Wish.
1: Death is And the divide Forever walked
2: in darkness Scarred by the will to live Cause of no FUCK oh.
0: There we go, that was Void Hanger with Deathwish, so you see what I mean there. It's kind of thrashy, kind of grindcore-ish, but maybe a little more structured than some other grindcore might be, but it's good. The production's that real kind of noisy wall of sound there, which just kind of suits the uh, intense nature of the music pretty well, I would say. So let's move on here. This is probably the most classic of classic uh, Polish death metal bands been around since 83 that band is vader you knew they were coming at some point um i'm trying to play something off of a record that i haven't already played something off of you know uh because i've played several vader songs uh over all these episodes but uh so we're gonna jump to 1997's uh black to the blind album which is their fourth out of 13 i'm only counting um like albums of original new material and stuff i'm not counting their like re-recordings of stuff that they've done so yeah fourth album released through system shock records which i've actually never even heard of that label before but um this album for a lot of people was their introduction to vader because vader had gained popularity with their um their morbid reich uh, demo, which came out in, god, when did that come out? 1990, I believe. They they had another demo or two before that, but the Morbid Reich demo is the one that really uh, got passed around at tape trading and such. Um, but their early albums were, I think, more kind of regionally popular, kind of closer to where they were. Um, but by the time they released this album, Black to the Blind, this, for a lot of people, was like the one that they you know first heard and really got into Vader. Um... It's great. I mean, the re-recordings of some of these songs that they did for their like 25th anniversary uh, double CD thing that they did sound great, but there's just something about the original recordings that just sound so good, that kind of old school production. Um, and just hearing the drumming without it being so polished and uh, and all that like it is on later albums. it's just uh, really makes you appreciate the drumming all the more with such a natural sound. So, yes, I'm going to play my personal favorite off of this record. So, here we go, off of the 1997 album Black to the Blind. This is Vader with The Red Passage. we have it that was vader with the red passage off of their album black to the blind that album is so good um and doc's drumming is just so good but he always was excellent he still remains one of my favorite drummers uh of all time and he is missed um okay let's go to well i almost said let's go to poland here but they're all out of poland um this band's been around since 03 features uh, several members of the of the death metal band Massamord. Um, there's a Massamord out of Norway doing more black metal stuff and then there's the death metal one out of Poland but uh, yes this band I've actually played once before uh, on the podcast something off of their fifth album their most recent album that band is called Furia and they used to be more straightforward black metal they've gotten a lot more experimental with albums number four and five but the first three were much more kind of straightforward um, black metal, and it was really good. The, the more experimental stuff is good for what it is, um, but I have a harder time honing in on, on something that's really good on those two albums, the most recent two that are more experimental. Like, I, I can find some good tunes uh, on those albums, but for me, these first three are easier for me to get into, and I like them a lot. I'm going to play something off of the third record, which I am not going to try and pronounce because it's all in Polish, but it came out in 2012 through Pagan Records, and um, it's just really good. The production is perfect for this music, and um, it really kind of makes me... Because I went backwards with this band. Like, I was into the fifth album somewhat, but it was still pretty weird, and then I checked out the fourth album, and then I just kind of went backwards from there, so... This one stood out as a favorite of mine, uh, not only for the songs, but for the production, like I said. so Off of this album that I'm not going to pronounce, <laughs> I think I can pronounce the song title at least. This is Furia with Satokola. That was Furia with Satukola, off of their third record, and I think that's so good. I love the bass work on every one of their albums. That's always been a strong point of theirs. That's one of the things that really stands out on uh, the most recent record as well, just because of the production. The bass is kind of front and center, and you get to hear kind of the weird things that he's doing on bass. Um, All right, we're going to another black metal band here, but this one's been around much longer, since 91. Uh, they only have one original member left, who I believe is the vocalist, and I, th- I can't remember if he plays guitar as well. I think he plays guitar. Um, that band is Besat, and that's B-E-S-A-T-T. I'm sure you've heard of them. They've released eleven records. I did not realize that they had that much material. Um, a lot of their album covers are kind of the similar looking, but um, or at least they were at one point. But um, but yeah, I tend to confuse some of them. Uh, Myself, but I'm going to play something off of their 2007 album called Triumph of Antichrist. It's their sixth album out of 11, and that was released through Hell is Here Productions. And this one is just, uh, you know, I, I say it a lot with some of these bands, but whenever it's kind of the perfect culmination of good songs, good riffs, and perfect production for those songs, when it all comes together like that, those are always kind of my favorite ones. Uh, So they might have clearer production on some later albums or, you know, thicker production or whatever. But for me, like for these songs at that time with this production, it's perfect. So uh, they are much more in your traditional straightforward black metal style, even more so than the Furia that we just listened to. But um, it's just old school, satanic, (laughs) good black metal. So... Here we go, off of the Triumph of Antichrist album, this is Besat with Blood of My Enemies. we go that is besat with blood of my enemies um some really good old school riffing there and actually um now that i think about it the drummer whose name is escaping me but the drummer for besat is actually on uh this compilation that my son loves from the youtube channel called drummers from hell and it's just kind of like an edited together like 10 minute video of just jumps from one clip to the next to the next of different drummers and uh, their drummer was one of them and it, I remember for the longest time uh, I had no idea who it was so my son would say who is that or what band is that and I'd have to like look it up let's see who the hell that is and, and uh, finally it stuck <laughs> after looking it up enough times but um, alright let's go to another band that's been around since 96 they basically formed as kids I think the members were 14 and 12 when they formed the two brothers I'm sure you know where I'm going with this band is decapitated and um, they of course had that tragic accident in 2007 that took the life of their drummer and permanently brain damaged their singer but they did regroup and keep going in fact the first album after they regrouped uh, Carnival is Forever is a pretty good record and it was my uh, you know it was a real pleasure to see Krim, Karim Lechner The uh, drummer on that album, that was like his big break. And I remember watching his videos before he had even joined Decapitated because he was just this young kid that did some really awesome covers of Decapitated and Demu Borger and a few others on YouTube. And I thought he was excellent. So whenever I heard that Decapitated was reforming, um, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, that kid would be a good fit. But I thought he would be way too young to actually join the band. But he did. (laughs) He ended up being their new drummer. So I was pretty psyched to see that. And I've just been a fan of his ever since. Um, but yes, the, the, I would say they're going strong, but to me, the last two albums they've done have been, have been pretty bad. Um, I really hate the current singer. Uh, he just looks like a new metal guy and his mannerisms on stage are that of like a rap rock singer. Like he looks like Fred Durst up there and I just don't know what the hell he, I don't know what he's doing in this band. It doesn't make any sense to me, but, um, But yeah, now they have James Stewart in the band on drums, uh, who of course drums for Vader as well, so I'm anxious to see what he's bringing to the table on their next album. But uh, as long as that singer's there, I'm probably not going to dig it. (laughs) That's just how it is. But the first three records for them is really the sweet spot uh, with the original lineup, the original vocalists. uh, Really good stuff. And my favorite uh, of those first three is the third album. Uh, It's 2004's The Negation. It came out through Earache Records, and I'm going to play something off of that right now. I've played something off of it in the past as well, on an earlier episode, but I'm going to play something that's kind of an underrated gem of a track, in my opinion, because they play songs like The Fury and Three Dimensional Defect uh, live all the time, Um, but this song never seems to get the love that the other ones get, so I'm going to play this one here. So, off of 2004's The Negation, this is Decapitated with Sensual Sickness. decapitated with sensual sickness that's such a good song i love the riffs in that song and i just never really hear that tune uh talked about the same way that some of the others are off of that album um but yeah that was really just like the pinnacle for me uh, with decapitated was that record um all right this next band existed from 91 to 06 i actually didn't even realize they were uh, that they started that early um because they, they didn't release records until um, much later in the 90s, but uh, yeah, they formed in 91. The band is called Yattering, and I've played Yattering once before. I think I played something off of their debut album uh, the first time, but I first became aware of them back in high school. Um, I can't remember what album it was that I saw of theirs, but it was like the... they rele- They released four records, and the last two that they did didn't really resonate with me very much. So I ended up looking backwards um, when I first heard of this band to check out what the first two albums were like, and I really liked both of those, so uh, I'm glad that I took the time to kind of dive a little deeper there because I ended up finding some material that I really liked. But the drumming is good. It's pretty complex, and it's you know it's it's kind of brutal death metal, um, but it's pretty complex, especially the drumming. Uh, the drummer's stage name was Zabek, Z-A-B-E-K. And I think, uh, according to Metal Archives, at least, it says that he actually did some live drums for Vader at some point, so I don't know when that might have been. But um, hang on a second. My cat is fucking with my headphone cord. Get the hell out of here. Jesus. He's been biting my socks for half of this freaking episode. Go away. Um, But yes, I wish I could remember the exact story, but one year i think it was in 2006 it had to have been 2006 because that's when yattering broke up Um, but when i was in oslo with my friend chris for the inferno festival there was a band i was trying to like google this and find out the details because i know i have it wrong some somewhere but i can't remember if there was a band that their drummer had quit so this guy Zabek was going to be filling in for that band and I was excited because I was already familiar with Yattering and all that so I was like oh that'll be awesome to see this guy live and then I think that band who was he was going to be filling in with they ended up just canceling their appearance altogether and I wish I could remember what band it was but uh, I can't but yeah so I missed out and I was like I was hoping to get a chance to see him play and now I think he plays drums for some sort of a, a like a prog band in Poland that I can't remember the name of. It had an interesting name. But anyways, I'm playing something off of their second album called Murder's Concept that came out in June of 2000 through Season of Mist. And it just kind of picks up where the debut left off. Things get a little more complex. Um, the production's not great, but it's good enough. You can hear everything pretty clear. But yeah, it's, a, it's one of those bands that... They just kind of lost their way they had some good death metal going and then they tried to get experimental with albums three and four and just kind of fell apart they just kind of lost the plot in a little bit but first two records are great so here we go off of the second album Murder's concept this is yattering with life for life <laughs>
2: I'm not in, I'm not I'm not I'm not
0: was Yattering with Life for Life off of the album Murders Concept. That guy's vocal delivery isn't, you know, my favorite or anything, but I think musically they were a really cool band and that was a really talented drummer. And, um, I was hoping after they had split up that he would kind of move on to another notable death metal band or something, but he, uh, he elected to go the more melodic, uh, prog route, which is kind of cool, I guess. He's certainly capable of it. Alright, this next band's been around since 93, which I had no idea they were around that long. They only have one original member left, There are four-piece. That band is Arcona, and I am a big fan of the Russian band Arcona, which is much more of a, like, folky, um, extreme metal type thing. A lot of traditional instruments and such, but yeah, this one I always just kind of cast aside as like, well, that's the other Arcona. Whenever I'm trying to look up stuff about the Russian one, This one will come up sometimes, and I'm like, nah, that's not what I'm looking for, and I'll just kind of move on. But whenever you stop and take the time and listen to this band, the Polish Arcona, they're excellent. Uh, They've released seven records, and I'm going to play something off the newest one called Age of Capricorn, which came out in December of 2019 through Debimer Morty Productions. And they just do some really good... it's much more on the black metal side, but um, I, I would consider it black and death metal. Uh, pretty clear and thick, punchy production. Um, the songs are great. I'm gonna play the closing track off of uh, off of their newest album. So this is the the last tune on this new record, and it just brings the album to a really great uh, kind of an epic uh, close. And it's definitely my favorite off of the album. But uh, you should definitely if you if you're like me and you just kind of viewed them as. <laughs> that Arcona that's not the Russian one and didn't really give them the time of day, you should go back and check their stuff out because it's really good. Uh, so here we go off of Age of Capricorn. This is Arcona with Grand Manifest of Death. Sorry, Cat's still fucking around with my socks here. Uh, That was Arcona with Grand Manifest of Death off of the Age of Capricorn album. So good. Um, Alright, let's go to another very popular band that's been around since 91. Initially starting as uh, more of a straightforward black metal project and then slowly morphing into kind of a death metal thing and blackened death metal thing and they've just uh, ballooned in popularity over the years that is behemoths you knew they were coming at some point um yeah i haven't been that big on the last three records i would say um that evangelion one was the last one that had a few good tracks on it that i liked but as a whole i just wasn't that into it um But yeah, the ones they've done since then are not... They're they're not bad. They've never released anything terrible, of course. But um, they're ones that just kind of typically get one or two listens from me. And then I'm just kind of like, eh, it just didn't really do it for me. But um, I'm going to play something off of their fifth album. They've got 11 now. So I'm going to play something off the fifth album called Thelema 6. Came out in 2000 through Avant-Garde Music. I think they released one more after that through Avant-Garde Music before uh, changing to Regain Records, I want to say. Um, but yes I'm just going to play a song that's a favorite of mine this isn't my favorite album of theirs or anything but it has uh, my favorite song of theirs on it and uh, I think it's because I've heard it on just a live uh, DVD that I own of theirs and I just think it's a great song great drumming and just some real catchy moments in it it's a song that kind of does a lot with a little as far as the riffs go there's not really much very intricate going on guitar wise it's very simple guitar wise just with some really stellar drumming and great vocals and it just makes for a really catchy song and it remains my favorite of their entire discography so off of 2000's Thelema 6 this is Behemoth with Pan Satyros. off where it did but seems i have that issue with like one song on every episode these days that was behemoth with pan satiros and like i said that's my favorite behemoth tune um now we're going to move on there's a behemoth connection here the next band uh, started in 98 that band is azarath and that uh, started as a death metal band by inferno the drummer for behemoth and i'm wondering if he started this band during the time, the brief time that he was out of Behemoth, because he joined and did the uh, Pandemonic Incantations album. I want to say he joined in 96, and then that album came out in 97, and that was his debut with the band. And then from what I've seen, he was out after that, briefly, um, probably less than a year, and was back in, so there really was no no gaps, like there was no albums released in between, you know, uh, with another drummer or anything, he had left and then came back, and then they released uh, Satanica with him on drums, what Behemoth did, and um, and then he's been in ever since, but during this time that he was out of Behemoth, I'm wondering if that's when he started Azerath, I'm not sure, uh, they don't really talk about that time period much uh, in Behemoth, uh, he was out, but they just kind of pretend like it didn't happen, I guess, <laughs> but azarath is one that i kind of um i've never talked down about them because they've never been bad at all but i i think the the statement i made in the past was that they're just kind of they're just kind of there like it's solid death metal death you know black and death metal uh, but you don't really come away remembering much of it after you listen to an album and at the time i felt that was true and maybe for the most part that is still true but i have found myself listening to them more and more And the more I listen to them, the more that I kind of identify on each record. There's always kind of one or two songs that stick with you that are are actually very good and very memorable riff-wise and everything. Uh, They've had lots of different uh, members over the years, different vocalists from album to album. Uh, I think the current vocalist, I think this most recent record might be the first one that he's actually been on. But yeah, I don't know if they've had any vocalists for more than one album, honestly. They've released seven records Uh, But they all kind of sound a little bit different. But one thing is for sure, the drumming is always excellent uh, from Inferno. And I'm going to play something off of, I think I've played something off of an older album and then something off of their newest album. So now I'm just kind of jumping in the middle here. So uh, off of their 2009 album, Praise the Beast, came out uh, through Agonia Records. As I said, they got seven albums now, so this is kind of right smack in the middle. So this one uh, stood out to me as a memorable song, and I think I've seen some drum cam footage of uh, Inferno. It was either Inferno or uh, Stormblast, which is another uh, Polish uh, drummer who does fill in for Inferno from time to time uh, with Azarath whenever Inferno is busy with other commitments. So uh, it was one of those two that I saw drumming this song on a, on a drum cam thing, and I uh, just really liked it a lot. So here we go off of 2009's Praise the Beast this is Azarath with Sacrifice
1: of Blood <laughs>
2: Stop it.
0: That was Azarath with Sacrifice of Blood from the 2009 album Praise the Beast. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I've just kind of given this band more of my time and attention because I've definitely learned to appreciate uh, some of their music you know, more than I had in the past. Um, Alright, we're going to listen to a black metal band that's been around since 91. I know I sound like a broken record here. Um initially had some other members and then it kind of turned into a one-man band for a time and then now it's a three-piece I guess it's been a three-piece since maybe 2015 now which was news to me I was making notes for this episode and I was like what the hell he's got other people there now that band is Graveland and Graveland is of course uh, a bit controversial because they kind of are in that um, that NSBM scene which is of course not... Great. I mean, half the time musically it sucks as well, but uh, lyrically, of course, it's not the most uh, pleasant of lyrics and things. But uh, with Graveland, he tends to kind of bury it in metaphors and things like that. Um, but yeah, they they've always kind of had some uh, racially tinged lyrics, let's say. And it's more of um, it, the more you kind of read the the song titles and the lyrics, it seems to be le- less about you know putting down other peoples and races and things like that and more about wanting to be super prideful of your people and your race and this and that and uh so it's kind of it's kind of shitty <laughs> so it just is but i felt the need to include them in this episode because they are a very well known and very well established um Polish band like they're they're whether we like it or not they are a fixture in that scene and um really they're a little too prolific I would say um he releases an album seemingly every year and um and by he I mean uh, Rob Darkin the kind of main guy from Graveland but um it, they're they're never great they're not there's, there's never been an album of theirs that I'm just like wow that one's a classic it's amazing um, I thought The Fire of Awakening was a very good album. That came out when I was in high school, and I remember checking it out, but I hated the production on it. And they've since re-recorded it, but I think it sounds like worse somehow. <laughs> it's a little more clear, but that somehow made it worse. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to play something off of the album uh, that followed it. it. came out in 2005. It's called Fire Chariot of Destruction, and um, that was their like 10th album or something i don't even know what they're up to now there's just there's so many there's so many albums from there (laughs) it's just too many but the earlier stuff was much more black metal and then i'd say from like 2000 onward um he kind of went for this real kind of viking inspired epic kind of stuff i don't know it's, he doesn't do a great job of it, but it's not terrible either. But this one, the production was was better suited for the music than uh, the previous album, The Fire of Awakening. But, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of why I gravitated to this one. Is just it, it's just because production-wise, it's just kind of the, uh, the best of uh, his bad-sounding albums, I would say. <laughs> so this album came out in October of 05 through No Colors Records. So here we go. This is Graveland with River of Tears. that was Graveland with River of Tears. Yeah, that album, like, The Fire of Awakening was good. This album was very good. And then they started kind of losing it for me a bit after that. Um, To me, they haven't released anything, you know, that I would consider to be really good, probably since this album. Um, Okay. We're going to what I didn't realize is actually a two-man band. I thought it was a full, like, four-piece, but really it's kind of a two-man core and then they kind of have their live members that they uh, that they do their tours and shows with. This band's been around since 2000. Um, most of you probably know them because their name is spelled very different than how it's pronounced. So it's spelled M-G-L-A but that's pronounced Mgwa. <laughs> it's the Polish word for fog and um, they kind of <laughs> I don't want to say they started this, but I feel like they they were the ones I noticed first doing the thing with the hoods, per you know, total black hoods over the heads where you can't see their faces and um, just kind of being faceless up there on stage, and that has since been copied uh, by a lot of bands, but um, they have released four records up to this point, and uh, they really, the debut I don't think did, did, you know, a whole lot as far as um, get noticed, But by the time they did the second album, and then the third album especially, is when they really kind of launched into some popularity there. And uh, they released a fourth album, and then I swear I saw a story, maybe it was an April Fool's joke or something, that that they were disbanding. And then after that, they still were announcing shows and festivals and all kinds of stuff. So I was like, so is that not real? Like, what happened there? So it seems like I was duped. Uh, That was maybe... A couple of years ago maybe three years ago at this point but yeah that seems to not be the case but I'm gonna play something off of the third album which is probably their most popular it's called exercises in futility that came out in 2015 through Northern Heritage Records and this song in particular that I'm gonna play uh, is probably their most popular it's got uh, a really good atmosphere to it um, great drumming the drummer I believe his stage name is dark side is one that my son likes actually He's only seen a couple of his drum cam videos, but he, he likes them and he requests them on occasion. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I first became familiar with this song, um, is from the drum cam videos that me and my son watch all the time. We've seen the video for this song many times, but it's a great one. It's one of their best for sure. Um, the fourth album is very good as well, but I think that um, that this third album is kind of their peak at the moment at least. So here we go, off of the 2015 album Exercises in Futility. This is M'Gua with Exercises in Futility number five. With exercises in futility, number five, and I think that one's even the top uh, played one on their Spotify as well. So clearly, I'm not the only one who uh, who digs the atmosphere of that song. All right, this next band's been around since 08, and frankly, I thought they were around uh, for longer than that. But the only reason I know about this band is because of Stormblast, who I mentioned earlier. Um, he's a drummer for Infernal War drums for this band he drums uh for uh Azerath. as i said whenever inferno is unable to because he's got things going on with behemoth uh Stormblast steps in and th- those are you know some big shoes to fill and he does a great job of it he's a really talented drummer um he doesn't really show it as much in some of his other bands but like when he's filling in for azarath he's just nailing it um so i'm gonna play something cat let go of my freaking socks i swear to god um i'm gonna play something from the black metal band that he's a part of called deus mortem and i've played them once before i believe but uh, they released a new ep in 2020 that i think is excellent and um i've been listening to it a lot lately so i wanted to play something off of it anyways uh sometime soon so since we're doing a whole polish theme here this was the time perfect time So yeah, they've done some EPs in 2011 and 2016 and 2020, you know, this new one. Uh, They've done full lengths in 2013 and 2019, so they seem to kind of alternate between EP and full length. Um, So I'll be looking for a full length in 2022. But yes, this EP very good, and the drumming is very good. Um, there's some good variety on this too. There's a couple of slower tracks, and then some uh, some much more fast-paced ones. I'm gonna play one of the fast-paced ones here. So off of the 2020 EP, The Fiery Blood, this is Deus Mortum with Breaking the Scepters, Crushing the Wands. God, I'm Yeah. was deus mortem with breaking the scepters crushing the wands really solid stuff that's a really good ep and it's pretty short and sweet so you should check it out Uh, it is on spotify i believe all right let's bring this thing to a close i gave you 15 songs uh on this episode featuring some of the best that poland has to offer i hope you dug it um If not, then you should have uh, submitted a theme idea to my Facebook post. So there you go. You had your shot to give me some ideas, and you didn't take it. Um, Yeah, this was really fun for me, because like I said, I'm a big fan of this whole scene, um, both in black metal and death metal out of Poland. Some really good bands, and ones that have influenced me back in the day, in the early 20s and stuff. So yes, we're going to finish strong here. Um, I anticipate being on time, as usual, with my next one. I've already got most of my bands picked for episode 111. Not sure when the next themed uh, one will be, but um, maybe I'll do it every like five or six episodes or something. So maybe 115, we'll do another theme. We'll see. Uh, All right. This next one I like quite a bit. They existed initially from 2015 to 2018 and achieved some great uh, notoriety and success right away with their debut. Uh, That band is Batushka, and of course that led to a a falling out uh, between the singer and the guitar player, and they kind of split and both formed their own versions of the band. Um, By all accounts, the band was formed by the guitar player, and it was kind of his vision as far as the aesthetics and things like that um but the singer just kind of wanted to do his own version um i think the big issue was the singer wanted them to hurry up and do a follow-up album uh, and release it before they go on some big tour that they had planned to go on and the guitar player didn't want to rush it um that guitar player is Krzysztof drabikowski and he didn't want to rush it he just said no no i'm not going to just you know rush through an album just to get it out so we can go do this tour or whatever um so that's when the singer just kind of took it upon himself to start writing music with other musicians basically planning ahead to kick out this guitar player and then they could just seamlessly like release an album very quickly after that and then you know carry on with tours and things like that so the guitar player caught wind of that and uh big falling out occurred and they split, and um, the version, the singer's version, the one that many consider to be the illegitimate version, signed with Metal Blade, and then released an album through Metal Blade, and it was like the guitar player kind of got kicked to the curb there, and uh, that was pretty shitty. But um, he finally released uh, an album himself in 2019. Um, I mean, it's all in a different language. Uh, You know, they're Polish, but I think the the um album title is actually like in Russian. Uh, but it translates to Requiem and that came out in 2019 and I believe it was released independently, um just digitally. He has his own Bandcamp page um as just kind of the true Batushka page. And he released it there and I bought it right away. Um because I had heard he had released a single um that they promoted on Blabbermouth and I listened to the single there and thought it was great. So then I went to his Bandcamp page and bought the album and i still listen to it probably once every month or two i'll just kind of be thinking about what should i listen to today and i'll listen through it again and it's so good um i really i really like his guitar playing like it's it's hard to explain here but his version of batushka seems much more like their debut album um because he wrote all that material for the debut album so it's all done very well and it's a natural progression from that debut. The other version of Batushka to your casual listener sounds the same, but to a more focused listener you'll notice it, especially if you're a musician, you'll probably notice what the issues are there and that is that it has all the the window dressing of Batushka as far as the aesthetics and they'll have the kind of um you know Gregorian kind of chants going uh the monk you know choirs and things and the church bells and all the kind of sound effects that you heard on the debut album it still has that but underneath that that shell there's just nothing to these songs there's nothing good about the songs and um it just does not sound like the same band to me at all but to the casual listener you hear some of those sound effects and choirs and things and you think oh yeah that sounds sounds like Batushka to me but um yeah if you a lot of people didn't hear Drabikowski's version his album because it's just not promoted anywhere he's not signed he released it independently so if you have not ever checked it out look him up like look up Batushka Drabikowski and listen to his album on Bandcamp uh, because it's great it's really good Uh he's been hinting at some, working on some new music so um we'll see we'll see if they release something later this year maybe i keep checking in every once in a while to see if he's going to do anything else Uh, but here we go let's finish strong here Um, i'll see you guys in two weeks with episode 111 so thank you for listening as always thanks for telling other people about the podcast um you know if if you want to tell someone where they can listen they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free podbean app Uh, and the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify as well. Uh, Any sort of feedback or requests or anything like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of uh, updates or questions, things like that, it's all going to be posted uh, there. So be sure to find and like the Facebook page. So here we go. Off of the 2019 album, which translates to Requiem, this is Krzysztof Drabikowski's version of Batushka with Ode Number Eight. Cheers.